Hello everyone, welcome to the Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast number 349. Welcome back the big guns. On the way, North ended, Bolton still wandering and rocking Robins. I appreciate that is basically just a list of fixtures, but we'll take it. Uh, my name is Michael Bailey, a very good afternoon or good evening to you. Uh, joining us here this Monday afternoon at Archant Towers, we have Chief Norwich City Correspondent Paddy Davitt. Hello there, Pads. Good afternoon, Michael. And uh, Data and Innovation Boss... Pete Raven oh afternoon Michael well done and of course Tony Thurstall's here watching and taking notes and generally scorning our attempts at a podcast how are you Tony I'm good I I was the lucky one escaping Preston wasn't I yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's true. It's your fault, Norwich Lost. We'll get into that and more, of course. Uh, but uh, before we get stuck into the football chat, how are we? Pad, how are you? Have you recovered from our uh, northwest expedition? Absolutely. I was glad to get home. That's no reflection on you and Dave Freezer, but uh, <laughs> yeah, surely isn't a place I'd particularly want to spend any great length of time in. Certainly not on Valentine's night. I'm sure we'll get into that. But um, overall, yeah, fairly successful trip, wasn't it? Um, in terms of the lads on the pitch and and uh, what we needed to do as well, very surreal to go to the team hotel Friday and interview uh, interview the boys there, and then post that we were there for about three hours or so, filing a copy, and you'd look up and you'd see uh, Tim Krull wandering about with a coffee, and then it'd be Jordan Rhodes millet mooching about in in the bar, not drinking. I hasten to add. <laughs> so yeah, it was a very surreal afternoon, but. Um, yeah, we, we returned with Norwich top of the table, so a lovely job. We did it indeed. I mean, I guess we were just glad that we were in a decent hotel <laughs> rather than a, our three-bed palace, um, which was... Um, well, we won't go into the details, actually, of that. But, you know, it, it, it stayed upright while we were there, and we used the kitchen. It was lovely. It was a success. Some interesting smells, though, mate. Do you yeah. want to talk about the aromas? <laughs> well... Um, it probably it would have probably reminded some of their childhood the the aroma um, or no, I say child, not childhood actually that's not right adolescence miss misspent adolescence so romantic dinner for free was it uh, who cooked well you're just sort of cooked for ourselves really really yeah cooked, cooked in the loosest sense we're, we're very good at opening packets and putting them in ovens <laughs> I, I, I think I was the one with the pack of salad but no one else seemed that interested in that so. Pete, how are you? Are you all right here, I am. as normal? I've just had a text from the missus asking if I'm home yet, which at three o'clock on a Monday, I'm not, unless I'm supposed to be. don't know. Amazing. Well, well let us know if you get a call halfway through the pod and you've got, to, uh, yeah. you've got to run out. And also, I'm a big fan of Airbnb, so don't knock it. Oh, no, well, how can Maybe you not? surely, I mean... <laughs> yeah, it clearly depends on which yeah, um, this, establishment this you get. Copenhagen rather than uh, that. Oh, I see, and they paid for your trip, and now you've got to say nice things <laughs> about them. Yeah, we get that, how that works. Uh, brilliant, all right, well, that's enough of this uh, shenanigans. Um, everything, everyone's well, I think we can ascertain from that. Uh, before we get stuck into the proper football chat, uh, remember you can get in touch with us all here to share your thoughts, help us set the agenda. Just send an email to thepinkin at archant.co.uk or get in touch on uh, all the usual social, social, uh, social media channels. And make sure you don't miss a single podcast through the season there's not much of it left by subscribing you can do that find all the details pinkin.com slash podcast now as always we like to start with quiz time because um, it's a good segue into the Pinkin podcast extra time which of course you can watch exclusively on the Pinkin app if you haven't got it yet why not but also just search Pinkin two words in either Google Play and App Store and that will sort you out uh, Tony 
is looking like he's just sifting through the book. Are you ready? Have you found a yeah, question? Found one. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty obscure. So this is, of course, our customary um, quiz time question from the Football School, the amazing quiz book, the only one. Um, we're forever grateful to Paddy finding this book in the office. Uh, go for it then, Tony. Australia's 31-0 defeat of American Samoa in a World Cup qualifier in 2001 set the record for the largest ever margin of victory in an international football match. How many goals did Australia striker Archie Thompson score? A, zero. B, six. C, 13. Or D, 20. So, thir- oh, so what was the final score? 31-0. 31. I had 13 in my head, so that, that yeah. Okay. <laughs> Have you heard of Archie wow. Thompson? Yeah, I've heard of him. I think I might know the answer to that. Oh, oh. But then again, probably not. But you'll have to watch to find out. Actually, yeah, okay. Well, we'll all sit on that. I, I, yeah, I got my head. Didn't get my head around that from the start. But there we go. Uh, so we'll <laughs> we'll divulge the answer in the Pink and Norwich City podcast extra time on the app. Um, or if you're not first search for it yourself <laughs> there we go so of course uh, let's get on with that was the week that was it was a busy one wasn't it Paddy as we've already touched on we've been away um, we had Preston Norwich lost we had Bolton Norwich won um, was it a good or a bad week after all that we were going to sum it up absolute superb week mate well not superb but uh, in the sense that they were top of the table when they came home so yeah could have obviously been slightly better um, but overall, you know, we, we we ran into Mr. Webber, didn't we, Friday night? And he said they, prior to Preston, mapped out the remaining fixtures. And of those remaining fixtures, they fought Preston away with everything connected to how Alex Neal's teams play and the fact they were on the upward curve. They felt that would be their toughest game. And the result would suggest, and the, the way Preston set about Norwich in that first 20 minutes, that they would prove right. So, um but in that context, really important to hit back. And boy, did they do that in style. As diabolically poor as Bolton were, save for Remy Matthews. Um, yeah, so obviously Leeds didn't play. We know that this last past weekend. But I think at this stage, you'd rather be in Norwich's position than Leeds' is, that's for sure, in terms of games in hand. So you asking me to assess the week, I'd say it was a, a very good week. Not quite perfect, but uh, could have been a lot worse. It could have been, absolutely. And the thing that got me, actually, just on the on the Preston, I, think, I don't know whether maybe Preston deserve a little bit more credit for how they dealt with Norwich in the first 25 minutes, which was effectively the spell that probably won the game. I'm sure we'll mention penalties later on in the podcast. But um, Preston, I think, are seventh in the form table from sort of November onwards. I mean, and that's a remarkable run, really. They're, considering where they are in the table, they're sort of just, just creeping up into the top half now. You'd imagine they might finish a little bit higher than that come the end of the season because they seem like a pretty decent side. Uh, Pete, how much of either game did you watch? I'm going to well, put you on the spot. I've only seen the lowlights from Preston and the highlights from Bolton. Um, I listened to the Preston game on Radio Norfolk, which is always goes wrong for me and clearly the team. Then the don't do is. it, Pete. <laughs> but it's your it, fault it, now. I mean, Who's going to blame you? you guys think but it over the radio it just sounded like Preston were fairly relentless and just went at them um, especially in the first half and I just wonder if coming off that Sunday and being kicked from pillar to post uh, they were talking about a day's extra rest but I think in the podcast before none of it, we'd have all been happy with a draw wouldn't we so um, and then as for Bolton I mean as poor as they were the, the four goals we scored were 
worthy of any Golden Arm competition, weren't they? So, I mean, that, that's the interesting thing. Bolton actually had a day's longer rest as well, didn't they? And and I guess it was so much about the approach. And that maybe is the question mark going into the rest of the season, isn't it, Paddy? That when teams do get really into Norwich's faces and press them, I mean, even Ipswich actually did quite a good job of that. It's just they weren't a good enough side to take advantage of it. Yeah, to me, that's internally that's the question now it, okay you can't influence what West Brom leads Sheffield United do um, that will be what will be will be on that one but in terms of what can Norwich control yeah because if they get the Preston type of test and the Ipswich type of test then they don't look anywhere near as composed as if they get a Bolton type uh, test and I think Bristol City this weekend to freight forward will be in the Preston category um, we'll go back to the Ashton Gate game they've got some excellent midfielders who like to press and like to be on the front foot so um, we might just get an answer to that this weekend because uh, if Norwich look as uncomfortable as they did against Preston for the first 20-25 minutes and for a lot of that East Anglian derby then yeah, by no means this is a done deal yeah bang on indeed um well, we'll just reflect on the championship picture, of course, because it is very important now. Uh, Middlesbrough played on the Sunday. They picked up a, a 1-0 win at 10-man Blackburn. Blackburn had 10 men for the second half, and um, it was kind of classic Tony Pulis stuff, really. They made a lot of rather heavy weather of it, but they picked up their three points in the end. Uh, as you mentioned, Pad Leeds didn't play at the weekend. They do play this weekend, like everyone else, and then their game in hand, I think, is that midweek. So they, they will have played their game in hand, which is that QPR by the time um, February has ended. Likewise, West Brom play midweek, and I think they play at QPR, actually, in midweek. That will be their game in hand done. Sheffield United play West Brom, I think, on Saturday evening. Um, but in terms of the picture, Norwich are top. Two points clear of Sheffield United, who did what Norwich did. They won 4-0 at Reading. No Nelson Oliveira. <laughs> um, heroics there, sadly, Pad. Uh, and then it's Leeds, who have now dropped out of the, uh, the top two, uh, and West Brom with um, uh, behind them on 57 points. So they've each got a game in hand. I mean, when, when you look at the table, Paddy, what, what sort of goes through your mind in terms of how the, the scene is set now? Well, despite that win for Borough, for me, it's two from four and it's West Brom upwards Leeds, Sheffield United and Norwich I think that's where the automatic places will be decided um, and then as we've just done the Q&A Monday lunchtime people pointing out that of the run-ins you know there's a lot of Sheffield well you referenced it there didn't you Sheffield United play West Brom I think Leeds have got to play one or both of those two so there's a lot of crisscrossing and, and by definition they can't all take points off each other so well they can't all win points clearly if they're playing each other so yeah, it's difficult to try and detach yourself with a Norwich hat on to what's going on elsewhere, but inevitably when we get to this stage, that is going to be the case. If Norwich can do what they need to do, then it's all there for them, really. You know, But I think if you're asking me to look at the top of the table, I'm not too concerned about Middlesbrough or Bristol City or even Derby gate crashing the race for the top two. I think they'll be purely playoff contenders. So... Um, yeah, as I say, the fact that Norwich have emerged from playing all three of those direct rivals in recent weeks and are still top of the table, then um, yeah, the, the opportunity is massive. It is remarkable. 13 games to go, nine wins, I've got it down. I think we've done a bit of discussing about that and we, we'll probably keep discussing it <laughs> as, as well as, as we go through. And uh, we should probably touch on the news today elsewhere. Not that we want to reflect on any particular teams in Yorkshire they don't take it very well but um, Kimar Roos out for a period of time he's got a knee ligament injury and um, that will be a bit of a blow for Leeds so uh, they're going to have a big couple of games coming up aren't they Pete shall I ask you about it do you care not really although it is a huge you don't wish injury on anyone do you no, but I mean 
just to think how it would be if it was team vote for the season. So, um, yeah, big blow for them. And like Paddy said, the, the, the most important thing here is most of those teams have got to play each other. I know we've got Borough and Bristol City, but that's it for us in the top half, really, isn't it? Um, and I suppose, in, in contrast, Norwich have actually had a lot of injuries, and now we've got to see Morris Leitner come on for 11 minutes at, uh, at uh, Bolton, and Tim Closer is now very close. He was on the bench, and hopefully with a week we'll be ready to, to feature in some way as well. Um, Norwich's injury list is looking particularly help, healthy, and maybe even Mario Vrancic and Alex Setti might be available in a week or two's time. So, And even when they are, it's who's to say they're going to get in? <laughs> Boom. Well, well said, Pete. <laughs> Okay, gongs of the week. We all have a bit of this. Our uh, let's kick off as always. Big Duncan Forbes, hero of the week. I've I'll go first because I put a little bit of a note for the goalkeepers because um, even though Remy Matthews got done by four, he probably stopped it being about eight. And uh, likewise, Declan Rudd was uh, was very good against um, Norwich for Preston. Although I think Alec Neal sort of suggested that he'd have been disappointed if he'd let any of his saves in, which is quite harsh. But of course, two Norwich City Academy products. Effectively, two goalkeepers binned out of Carrow Road, um, both showing what they've got. Yeah, it was nice to see, although I'd rather have not seen Declan Rudd playing like Superman. But, uh, yeah, but in terms of... And you get that sense now with the academy that, ideally, the A-grade path is to develop them for Norwich's first team, i.e. Max Ahrens, prime example, Jamal Lewis, uh, Todd Cantwell. But if they're not going to get a career at Norwich, then you'd like to see them doing well. And both of those are playing in the Championship, whether they're in the Championship, well, in Bolton's case and Remy's case, next season remains to be seen. But if they go on and have decent careers in the top two tiers, then it's another good nod to Norwich's academy system for me. Yes, indeed. Um, anyway, more Norwich-centric heroes? Yeah, a bit of left field for me. I think just after the stick, he seemed to get after Preston, and I don't know what you boys, boys thought, that Tribal's performance midweek, and then compared to the way he bounced back against Bolton, by all accounts, was probably one of our, one of the few um, star men that, um, in that game. So just the way that he came back, really. I mean, he admitted himself, actually, which I thought was, I wasn't expecting him to say it, but he said, you know, I wanted to make up for my performance in midweek, whereas I would have thought maybe there might have been an element of him that thought, well, I shouldn't have got binned off or been the, the scapegoat at half-time because it wasn't necessarily the worst player on the pitch in that first half. I don't know, that was my opinion anyway, but again, in, in the situation where there wasn't much pressure on him, he, he really flourished and probably first choice in that role now, isn't he, would you say, the sort of Norwich's deepest midfielder, Pat? Well, it depends how far I sees it on that one. I mean, Leitner, if, if, we, if you're sort of saying Leitner's playing a different type of role, then fair enough. But for me, the interesting one, though, going back to that, now we know what the situation with Alex Tete was at half-time at Preston. Why a guy there who's basically done his ankle and, and played on, why he didn't come off? I mean, that would have seemed to make more sense, whether there was a breakdown in communication, whether Tete said he was fine to continue, but the fact that he woke up the following day and he couldn't walk on the ankle and he was on crutches... You might have been better off keeping Tribal on the pitch. Mm. Albeit that said, Norwich second half were very good, weren't they, at Deepdale? So probably a redundant argument. But um, yeah, I, I, I do want to put a caveat in because as good as Tribal was and as good as McLean was, Bolton were diabolically poor. <laughs> and they game plan was to, as soon as Tim Krul had the ball, they just retreated in front of Remy Matthews and didn't engage Norwich until they crossed the halfway line. Until the second half, they had a bit more of a go. But 
in that environment, very easy for those central midfielders and Norwich to get their head up and link the play and really under no pressure whatsoever. So, yeah, it was a good comeback, but let's let's, let's keep it in perspective, I think. It's a fair point. Um, any other nominations for a hero, Paddy? Yeah, I'm going to go with, um, mentioning my pointers and then... Funnily enough, Daniel Farker mentioned it as well. Norwich's backroom staff, mainly in terms of Steeperman, apparently he was literally not going to going to play post sort of uh, Preston. Um, just the heavy workload of core with their muscular injuries. He's obviously had this hamstring problem. Um, was his thigh? It was his thigh, wasn't it? After Brentford uh, early January, so he may, maybe he's a little bit susceptible now. Um, and apparently the physios basically worked twenty four seven to get him ready. And thank God they did because scored, assisted, and very crucial to that performance. And Buendia as well was in the same category. But by all accounts, Steepenman was the ba- the bigger of the two injury concerns. So as I said, in my point is he just underlines. Those lads will get the headlines, but behind them is a huge support staff and sports science people and doctors and physios. And without what they're doing, those lads aren't going on the pitch and performing in that manner. So it is one one arch and one Norwich. <laughs> oh, bang on. Well said, buddy. There's an joke. Fair play. And I guess we should mention Timu Pukki too. Uh, speaking of headline grabbers, it, I think who scored gave him 10 out of 10, yeah. which I think is well, fairly ridiculous. Well, you've only given give You haven't got you've the capacity, give, Pete. <laughs> You've only given one ten, haven't you? Uh, uh, yeah, you might be right. Actually, I do have the capacity now. I'm thinking the old school uh, design jobs. Oh, right, the templates. Well, yeah, no, no I, now I could actually. Yeah, but uh, I'm sure he gave the ball away on one occasion. Uh, yeah, ten is perfection, isn't it? And well, he missed two other chances, and he actually missed his easiest chance in the first half because yeah, yeah. the ball got rolled across exactly. to him from three yards out. But there we go. I'm not great. We're not criticising. Five and a half. Yeah, 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 just about. Uh, Kevin Muscat, villain of the week. I've glibly uh, written here the inventor of the penalty kick. <laughs> um, why did they have to make it so hard, Pete? Well, what is it? Six now missed, six and six five. different five, five or six. Players, yeah, yeah that must two. be a record. Yeah. It must be. It's just, and also, is is that part of the problem that it's someone different taking it every time? Oh, that. When we were at um, in our or at the club's Preston abode, um, that was what Daniel said, wasn't it? I've got to take charge of this situation following Marco Stiefman's um, saved penalty at Preston. I will decide who it's going to be. If I pick the same person, the same person's taking them, they won't miss five out or six out of what five out of six as it was then. But then we had Kenny McLean step up, who hadn't taken one before. Now, admittedly, his record in Scotland was something like fifteen out of fifteen or whatever. But I don't know. Maybe it's the shirt's fault. Well, again, I, don't, I mean, I was shouting for Timu Puki at Preston and I, I was shouting for him at Bolton. What on earth is going on? I, I don't, I, particularly, and Daniel did, did allude to this, the man was on two goals against Bolton and he almost stopped it. Well, he did. He had to stop himself from shouting onto the pitch, give the ball to Timu Puki. Bearing in mind, Kenny was the pre-ordained taker. His reasoning being what didn't want to destroy Kenny's confidence, but... As he then added, the fact that he missed won't have done a great deal for his confidence. But um, I just, uh, and it's also maybe a bit of a slight on Timmy Puki because it, I can think of many, many other selfish strikers would not have that at all and would kick off a right rumpus, particularly if they were on two goals in a game and you got the chance for your first ever hat trick in Norwich colours. But maybe that's, you know, it's a good thing that, that he's such a team player, but I think. In those situations, he should be grabbing the ball and saying, get away, I'm on 23 goals for this season, I will be taking this. And if he did, 
to bring it full circle, I think if he'd have been on all, I know he, I know he was one of the culprits, but if he'd been on all the other ones, do we think Norwich would have missed as many as they have? No. Maybe that's just a sort of example of the team spirit, isn't it? When you compare it to what Stodgrass and did with Ricky that yeah, season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah or, right, well, well, Fulham, striker, well yeah. Fulham this season, yeah. Fulham have had a right fall out, haven't they? Was it yeah. um, Mitrovic and yeah, Kamara. Uh, Kamara? Yeah. So yeah, there is a fine line, but. I, I'm pretty sure most of those Norwich players, McLean included, if Timu Pukki had come and said, I want the ball, they'd have took a step back. Because how can you argue with a man who's on 23 goals for the season? Too true. He'll be on the next one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I was going to say, we might maybe, we'll have a question on it. Okay, uh, Simeon Jackson moment of the week, finally. Um, We touched on how good the goals were. I hadn't really twigged all three of them and started in Norwich's half, which, as Paddy Riley says, if Bolton weren't going to engage them in their own half, then that's probably why. Um, Best. I mean, you could probably pick the best of those goals for the moment, I guess. But I mean, it's a good debate. The best of the goals? <sighs> probably the second one for me, just for that cutback. Didn't even look like he was looking. He just oh. knew he'd be there. I mean, the first one, that sort of team move down the left, and McLean's pass for the the third. Um, but no, the second one, just sort of the build up, and then Pookie's just delightful cutback, to the edge of the box. It's a silly. Could probably should have done better, but. He did well most of the game, so no, second one for me. I mean, it's a silly question, really, because they're both, they're, all three of them are gorgeous. And the yeah. fourth wasn't yeah. bad either. <laughs> yeah, that's no, just sublime football, but when it's a training run, it's quite easy to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other moments? Was it, I mean, Pad the Pink and Show on Thursday oh, night? That you was you a stole moment. my thunder. My moment was going oh. to be uh, surrounded by p- plastic rose petals, <laughs> drinking out of heart shaped flutes. Oh in some random house and surely it doesn't get better than that for a moment with the candle we should tell Tony we got oh, the candle sorry, out yeah yeah well yeah but that was just that was a bog stat they, they were Valentine's themed props so the candle was just something you get <laughs> it was already any, there any hardware store I was trying to think of a store but I didn't want to do any advertising so oh, well, well, generic well done Pad um, yeah I mean it's fair to say we did when we went shopping at Asda um, the petals and the, the, the flute flutes yeah. Were, 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 I guess in the plastic flutes were, oh, yeah, yeah. they were they were, they were particularly cheap and the great the best thing is we've left them there in the house so whoever's next in for six people for two quid something like that but kudos to Mr Freezer he you know took a lot of time to get that looking well didn't he I bought it but he made it look but he's got the eye Freeze dog he was the creative director on that <laughs> production no doubt about it that's highlight of the week um, how about yours Pete done mine have I yeah well yeah, well, yeah, but you know, it might have been something else that was nice. You might, you know, fun. no, 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 oh, forget it. Tony, what was your highlight? Um, uh, I mean, the food at Bolton was oh. quite average, wasn't <laughs> it's it? Gone there. So, I don't know. Phil Parkinson said some nice things. That was that was a nice moment. It's, it's a weird dynamic, isn't it, when the opposition manager is ra- raving about your side? I suppose it's, it's good, but it depends on the result always. Well, yeah, when you've been done four nil, there's not much else you can say, really, is there? We say that. I mean, the, the home fans were pretty. I mean, I guess it was a walkover, so they were more or less looking at what their side was producing. But there was a massive golf in quality as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I mean, you could, on one level, say, well, it's a bit of a deflection tactic because it masks looking too deeply at his size flaws although he did admit they made things far too easy but I think it was genuine you know it was genuine you know he Pookie's the best goal scorer in the division for him he thought Norwich's attacking play was Premier League standard um, and he didn't really have to be as effusive as that you know he could have just said we, we were beaten by a better side but he, he did seem to want to eulogise about Norwich oh, Stokes goal at Putman Road was hilarious as well <laughs> Wow, it's a good job they had the world's best football crowd to get them through yeah. and earn a point. 
all 18,000 of them. Was it? 15. 15, sorry. I've say, just added yeah. 3,000. That would have been surprising. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's time for Mailbag. This is where you um, pose us some questions and we have a bit of a discussion, which is great. Um, you can do that by getting in touch with us on all the usual social media um, outlets. You can email us, thepinkinatarchin.co.uk, uh, but generally we get them on Twitter, so that's where I'm going to look through now. So let's uh, go through these and see if they are worthy of discussion or not. That's always a nice way of doing it, isn't it? Right, Nick O'Brien, at Nick O'Brien. If everyone was fit and available, who would everyone pick in central midfield? Can Tribal and Leitner take us to the next level? Can Vrancic challenge Steepy for the number 10 position? Who's your first choice of midfield, gents? And I guess we're assuming it'll be a two and a three. Oh, so they won't, well, I guess, or the just the holding as two. As well as the two, yeah. Okay, well, uh, if everybody was available or just who we know is going to be available for this yeah, weekend. I would, I would say the lot, and to be honest, ideal. Nick, I think Nick does just mean the two holders, but, you know, yeah. it then does partly depend on who you play ahead of them. So Everybody was fit available, right. Probably, tr- Leitner is a definite in what as one of the two, and then you know he touched on earlier about the blend and and what are their defined roles in that two. But you know Tribal slash Ranchich, I think, would sit alongside Leitner for me, and then the three going forward. Well, that, that's a no-brainer. It's uh, Buendia, Hernandez, and Steeperman. I, I don't see any others for me who should be justifiably thinking they can dislodge one of those three but that's on current form you know they've all had their peaks and troughs but as a three I think they're showing behind Pookie perfect blend it is isn't it it's such a great mix the three players that's what I love about that how about you Pete yeah I mean Leitner was I guess serious contender for player of the season before his injury wasn't he um, and I think Teddy for me just that experienced head in a promotion push um, I guess Mario is unlucky to miss out but so that's a problem to have, isn't it? Yeah, I think you'd rather have light. You probably have Lightner in automatically, and then it's 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 a bit tricky. But then the form, to be honest, the form Mario was in before, he would get in ahead of Lightner, so it's really tough. Uh, we haven't seen Lightner and Tribal play alongside each other much. I mean, when we did last season, it was kind of genuinely awful. I think they were they were just too lightweight, and we're just getting rolled over. But the dynamic is different this year, isn't it? So you could see that being more successful if if we get to see it. Yeah, I mean, as you say, I mean, if if it's not two effectively lads trying to do the same role then it does become a little bit confusing because who it needs to be very defined that it's almost who's setting the tempo and who's maybe more in the protective role in front of the back four so if you if you could clearly define that then I think yeah I think of the available options this weekend that's probably the way I think most would like to see them go yeah tribal and liner Okay, um, Mark Newstead. Apparently, according to Scottish sources, Norwich City would be crazy not not to offer Stephen Naismith a contract renewal. Should we be alerting Stuart Webber to this? He's out of season in the summer, isn't it? Out of contract in the out summer. Out of season. <laughs> like well, a dog. Not even something you're going to consider, is it? No, no, it's completely ridiculous. With a view to what? With a view to what? Because what are these Scottish sources? His <laughs> <laughs> agent probably knew it, so he comes back here, or so that exactly. when they set, they, if there's interest in the summer, they can sell him because they've got him for, as opposed to a free agent. I don't, I'm not quite sure the premise of that. If if they're suggesting that he's been so good that he could get into Norwich's team, 
you need to go and have a lie down, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It did score a good weekend, a good goal at the weekend, I think. Although I haven't seen it, so I don't actually know. Um, what else have we got here? Eamon Kirsten. What would happen if we ever had to have a penalty shootout? Should more of our players be polishing up on their penalty taking just in case there was ever such an occurrence? Um, Eamon. I, th- I think the thing is, Norwich have been practising. That's not really the issue, is it? Too much by the sound of it. Yeah, and apparently that's the end of that, according to Daniel on Friday. There's some sort of superstitious vibe. We won't bother now practising, but by all accounts, Staperman was putting 25 to the left of the keeper, and then he gets to Preston and he puts it to the right. So you make it up what you will, but... Um, well, I mean, that's a wider debate, which we've had with England at international level. Do you practice? Do you try and replicate it? Can you replicate it? Um, maybe we need to get Gareth Southgate on board because it worked against Colombia. Yeah. <laughs> um, Richard Secker, let's hope we get automatic promotion because I couldn't face watching a penalty shootout in the playoff final. Uh, repeat offender or, or Tony07 comes back with, it's all a scam to annoy Chris Wilder when we slam five <laughs> in front of 80,000 people. Well, you know, let's hope. <laughs> Either way, let's hope it. Um, Chris Holmes, how many points should we expect the chasing pack to score from their games in hand? That's tricky. I mean, it's only one game in hand, isn't it? So um, you'd rather have the points on the board, wouldn't you, Pete? That is the rule. But didn't you say they're both playing QPR? So I would expect three points for both top teams. At Loftus Road. They're a weird side, aren't they, QPR? Because they seem to range from hopeless to to really (laughs) difficult to to beat. So um, I guess it will depend which day it is. Of course, uh, QPR did knock Leeds out of the FA Cup at Loftus Road. So, albeit two very different sides, I'm sure. Have West Brom got two games in hand on Norwich? Just one. Just one. Uh, Which is QPR. Uh, QPR uh, on Wednesday. So go go go, McLaren. Go Steve McLaren. Never doubted you. That's definitely something I've said. Um, right, brilliant stuff. Make sure you get all those into us over the rest of the week. All your nominations for the gongs. We don't. It doesn't have to just be us. Uh, and you know how to get in touch with us. Uh, the week ahead we've already touched on a bit haven't we uh, Pad Bristol City um, fortunately we got to watch them in action when they were playing Wolves um, on Sunday so a day less recovery time we know that's really important especially over a week uh, and in fairness I mean they're on a fan- they're, they're the informed well they were the informed team in the country before uh, losing to Wolves they've won seven on the bounce I think in the league unbeaten in 16 13 it's a lot um Absolutely flying. And at Ashton Gate, they were very good, weren't they? They caused Norwich a lot of problems over the course of the 90 minutes. Absolutely, they did. They did. Um, and it, central areas, Brown, he was a very good player. I like him a lot. And um, O'Dowd, I'm very impressed with him. Don't think he'll be there next season in terms of, I think he might be in the Premier. So, and Norwich was second best that day in those central areas. I think from memory, it was Tete and Vrancic. They never got to grips with it at all. And... Uh, that set the tone, which is why we've talked a lot about central midfield. That's key again this weekend. If Norwich get the up hand, whoever's playing in there, then you would feel they've got enough about them. Because, yes, they're on an unbelievable run, but you know you wouldn't say they're the, they're the team to fear in the division. I don't, I don't think that we want to build them up to be that. But clearly any team who's gone seven wins on the spin in the league, they're going to be full of confidence. I mean, they they really, really did really did put Wolves to the to the pump, and, and and that wasn't a weakened Wolves side that I could see. You know, John Ruddy was in for the Patricio, but I mean, Ryan Bennett and Willie Bolly, they were all playing, and uh, and they had a hell of a job of keeping them at bay. So they will come here full of confidence, and they will know if they get a result, then that blows the top two wide open. Um, so I think with that will come an ambition from them. They won't. I can't see them coming 
stringing men behind the ball like Bolton and uh, just be happy with a the point they will know with games running out they probably need to come and get a win so I think it's going to be it could be a crackerjack game in store for me yeah I think it will be a, a cracking game because they're, they're quite on the front foot generally as well aren't they but Lee Johnson likes them to be attacking and probably a lot will obviously come down to the first goal but in terms of you know if Norwich can get around their press quite quickly and, and make that um, tell then that could be that could be really important um, and I guess it'll also depend on the crowd being uh, reasonably calm and collected and as they have been all season certainly not criticism yeah I don't think there'll be any sense of uneasiness in the crowd um, I saw a graphic the other day where they do this whole top form team in Europe and Bristol are ahead of the likes of Man City and Bayern Munich and whoever else they throw in um, but no we're at home we can do it I do, I do think there's there's way yeah. I do think there's weaknesses there definitely I think they can be got at like you said they're not but but this is it I mean someone had said oh do you not see Bristol City being in the top you know as a real top two contender but they you know it's all very well saying that people people are close but it is ten points like you said and and also you're talking about the level it takes to end up where you need to be you know the team that the teams that finish in the top two have got to be mid 80s that's you know, a long way off from where Bristol City are and they've already won seven on the bounce so are they really gonna I think they've also won a lot of those games by the odd goal, which you know is maybe not the best thing to say as a you know from the Norwich perspective. But they have just won four 0 so it's okay. So we can get away with that one. And you mentioned some of the players they've got as well, Pad. You know they've got some real threats in there, haven't they? And um, and yeah, Lee Johnson's done a pretty good job because they lost quite a few players last summer, didn't they? Aidan Flint and players like that. So. Yeah, they did. They did. Um, strange, strange club because you look when we go down there now. I mean. The facilities are superb, and they've got this big investment. The guy I think who's involved with Bristol Rugby is it, and almost trying to make that a sporting hub in the, that part of the country. And it feels like they're gearing themselves up to get to the Premier League. They obviously feel they could sustain Premier League football in terms of the fan base, but on the pitch, the last two or three seasons they've kind of tended to do this, where they've flattered to deceive. They've gone through really, really productive spells. They've been right bang at it, and then they seem to fall away again. So. You know, had the question marks will, will remain as he as he solved the, the consistency issue, and um, I guess we'll only find that out over the course of the, what's left of the season. But yeah, uh, yeah, again, he's another one of these young coaches who seems to get a lot of plaudits thrown his direction. But um, you know, he's obviously had that eye-catching League Cup run, didn't he? Or was it two this season and last? But uh, yeah, I, still, I think he's still got plenty to prove, and, and so do Bristol as a club. So yeah, as I say respect them but don't fear them would be my mantra brilliant stuff um, we'll pick that up on the uh, Pinkham podcast extra time which we'll do in a moment um, but worth flagging up uh, we're doing the Pinkham show live on Wednesday from Carrow Road ahead of Daniel Farker's fans forum that'll be exciting if you're heading along to Carrow Road you may well see us there uh, and of course we'll be live at Carrow Road on Saturday as Norwich City um, host Bristol City all the build up reaction and analysis around the game of course Pinkham.com uh, any other business I can't ask Dave so I'll ask you Pete any other business nope Pat. Can't think of any, mate. Uh, uh, well, there probably will be some in the other podcast, but we'll leave that for then. Um, and that is it then. Um, we are done. Thanks uh, you to you guys for listening. Of course, we always appreciate it. Um, cheers very much. Uh, Tony, well done. Enjoy it. Yeah, fantastic. He loves it. Uh, Pete, cheers. Enjoyed my time, Michael. <laughs> That's a good man. Pat? One arching.
<laughs> uh, remember pinker.com as I just said for the latest Norwich City news analysis and opinion we'll be back with you each and every Monday so make sure you get in touch and get involved because this is your podcast as much as it is ours uh, we'll answer that earlier quiz question talk a bit more about Bristol City over in the uh, pinker.com Norwich City podcast extra time so make sure, yourself, make sure you get the app to watch it until then here's to a cracker of a clash at Carrow Road one with a winning outcome obviously goodbye